Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got a full crew today. We've got Adam, we have Rhiannon, yeah. we have me, I'm Caleb. Uh, Adam, we have to know more about the Fryathon. Uh, if people have not been noticing, you are frying everything known to man as a uh, way to memorialize the 2020 Iowa State Fair. 20 Iowa State Fair. Darn it, darn it. So, it breaks my it breaks my heart, ladies and gentlemen, this week. Um, as everyone saw coming, the Iowa State Fair was canceled. Um, known for its butter sculptures and its fried butter um, is no more. So, I'm taking it upon myself um, to destroy my whole digestive tract and, and fry what would have been fried at the fair. Um, I do not know how many weeks I am going to do this because after one week I am already a third dead. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we will see this week to kick things off. I did fried Twinkies, which is a Iowa state fair staple. Um, what else I do? Cheesecake. That was gross as hell. Um, and then (laughs) a deep fried Doritos Locos taco from Taco Bell complete with a Baja Blast. Um, so, TB, if you want to toss a couple bucks my way, um, go ahead. I love how you seem to think that like the deep fried stuff is exclusive to the Iowa State Fair. Well, that's what that's just what I know from. I mean, do you guys deep fry sticks of butter elsewhere? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's delicious. It just ends up being like a nice buttery batter. Cool. Like, and it feels like a stick of butter. It's more like you take a pat of butter. I'll, I'll coach you through the deep butter frying. But, um, yeah, at the North Carolina State Fair once, we actually went, we actually took our own giant gummy bear to one of the deep fryers. And we were like, hey, will you fry this for us? And they did. So I did think I was about to fry Sour Patch Kids. But I already had Twinkies, and I already had cheesecake, and I'm like, I think enough with the sweets. Um, but I, we'll see. We'll uh, gummy bears a good idea. Um, getting a lot of requests. It was a giant gummy bear. A lot of requests for regular candy bars, which will be good. I mean, a deep fried Milky Way, hell yeah, or a Three Musketeers, or any candy bar ever. Um, so that is what I'm doing with my time. Apparently I have way too much time on my hands. Yeah. Uh, you should do Oreos, man. Those are the best. I mean, it's, it's pretty common, but they're yummy. For a little while, Sonic was doing them fried Oreos. And then the best part was if they came, you know, they come out fresh and hot and they give you just like a little tiny thing of ice cream to dip them in. That was pretty excellent. That'll be good. I'm only going to do it with mega stuff though. That's, those are still out. I can't. I won't do it with regular Oreos. It's got to be mega stuff. Um, bare minimum double stuff. But we shall see. Oh, mega stuff. I thought you were like, I'm only frying mega stuff, like make America great again. No, stuff. no. I was yeah. like, well, I'm so confused. You say mega really so weird. At, <laughs> I was so confused no, too. Mega, mega. Am I saying that wrong? Mega, mega, mega. 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 Yeah. I did have a tag on the end, but it got cut off because of Twitter. I said, it, enjoy us next week as we deep fry white supremacy. So, no, not 
Mega. <laughs> Not mega. Mega, I don't know. As a uh, as your friend Adam, I am so excited about the content and so worried about your health as these continued. So I only I, I spit out the cheesecake. I didn't even consume the cheesecake. I spit that out. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say he took like one bite of a Twinkie, one bite of a cheesecake. That's all I did. I took one bite of and each. like a little bit of taco. Yeah, the, ta- oh, the tacos, man. But just one bite. The Twinkie. You guys, you need to fry your Twinkies. That's the only way I'll ever eat Twinkies again. It was amazing. Admittedly, that was the first Twinkie I ate in five years. I'll just wait until I can go to a fair. I had an actual moment of uh, like sadness when I realized that the fair wouldn't be happening. Like, I don't know if they've announced it for North Carolina, like, and New York. It's like on the other side of the state, which might as well be North Carolina. Um, but I had like a little moment. I was like, oh, they probably won't have the fair, and that's awful. I want those fair donuts. You know, those mini cinnamon sugar fair donuts? That's all I want. Yeah, I go for the deep fried content. And the strawberry shortcake. Mm. And the spiral fries. Mm. And... Mm. I have a whole fair system. Sweet, savory, sweet, savory. Indigestion medicine. Sweet, savory. Pepto, yeah. Pepto shooters and everything. Hope this is the kind of content you guys came here for. Because yeah. <laughs> we're still in COVID mode, so this is the best weekend. Scott, we know. Thanks for listening this week. I'll uh, see you guys next Thursday. <laughs> we'll see you next. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, we're going to try. I don't have tons of newsy stuff. Uh, a couple of things. Um, not really our usual purview. Did you guys see there's a Miles Morales video game coming from uh, PlayStation? Already pre-ordered it. It's kind of exciting to me because uh, the next two big Marvel video games are going to be like centered around Miss Marvel and Miles Morales. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to egg these people on, but for people that suggest that the legacy characters would never stick and people will hate them and they're not going to be commercially viable, uh, I think it's kind of interesting that we have Miss Marvel and Miles Morales as the centers of the next two big video games. It's Almost as if those comic books that are selling like gangbusters with kids in the te- in the trades are starting to now come into a point where those kids are growing up into teenagers and they're actually figuring they can make lots of money off those characters. Three games in and the Marvel video game universe has way more continuity than Jeff Loeb ever had. I'm hyped, man. Miles Morales, Avengers, um... I know it was a total flub, but that Daredevil game that everyone said that was going to happen, that's not what have been killer. Yeah, I think it, what's really interesting, I mean, seriously, from the perspective of what we talk about on our show, I, you know, we've talked about how the future of Marvel is probably they're going to start getting a little younger and they need to get some more sort of teen characters and young Avengers and champions. I just think all of this... Um, We lost Caleb, and we're talking about video games. And, we did. And, and, like, dude, legit, I bought a PS4 during quarantine, and I'm too old to figure that ish out. What are you playing? You gotta, because Caleb's playing video games now, too. I'm playing Listed on eBay, because I can't figure out. I, I downloaded, like, one game where I was a vampire, and I fell into a hole, and I ran around that hole for five minutes and couldn't figure out how to get out, and probably haven't touched it since so as i was saying before so rudely cut off by technology um (laughs) 
but yeah, I think it does show us that we're going towards some of those champions. I don't think it would be an accident that the the video games are going that way. I think that tells us how Marvel feels on the whole about kind of those characters. Yep. Uh, other news I saw this week: apparently, movie theaters are opening uh, somewhat soon in Los Angeles, which we've heard have been like the important thing. So good for them. I, I don't know, Adam. You're you're more on the inside. Do you think Tenet's actually going to make that July? Yeah, I think so. Release date? Yeah. Um, the theater associate. It's weird. I can't get over the fact that it's also called NATO. So whenever they said NATO says this, I'm like, <laughs> why is NATO giving about movie theaters? <laughs> Um, but yeah, Tenet's not going to move, um, the hype around it, um, you know, regardless of COVID has been insane. Um, and they're, they're saying 90% of theaters are going to be open. Um, so, I mean, the only difficult thing is it looks like they're all going, LA is 25% capacity. Um, as of tomorrow, I think, I mean, like I was no capacity restrictions or six feet restrictions but i don't know um it's a nightmare here by the way um i don't think it's a tenant will move i don't think they need something big and something else just got scheduled ahead of it too a smaller one um i don't know what it was i think like a lionsgate movie or something like that but yeah i think uh warner's going to stand uh stand pretty firm on that mulan's right around that time too no yeah july 24th is supposed to be mulan so the next weekend um so yeah warner's not gonna move tenant and give uh disney the big the big one i'm interested rhiannon do you feel like uh you're ready to go back to a movie yet like are you gonna go out early or is it gonna take a while before you feel comfortable going back to see a movie if everybody's required to wear a mask, I'll go do anything. Okay. I mean, if you if you look at what's out there, um, the the if I saw an article today, like if eighty percent of the population wore a mask, whenever they were anywhere near other people, there would be no more spread. Like it would it would be negligible. Um. So like every survey, like I don't know if you guys like. I filled out so many surveys that are like, what do you want to see when we reopen? I'm like, wear masks. Like, I don't, I don't care about your temperature checks. I don't care about your symptom checks. I don't care about plexiglass. Just make everybody wear a mask, which is a solution everywhere except for restaurants. Um, but I mean, I'm back in New York now, but when I was in North Carolina, I, I went to a restaurant. I went and got a massage because I could. Um, oh. yeah, um, I went to a cookout, but it was all like outside. Um, like, I mean, which isn't to say this isn't something to be taken seriously. It's just, uh, with the proper precaution, I think it's, uh, man- manageable. So yeah, I'd go to a movie theater. It would be hard to eat popcorn with a mask though. That's where I say it. Like the, the theaters are going to fight the mask. Because they need their vending sales, they need their they need their popcorn sales, um, and that's where it's going to all fall apart. So this is very off brand for both the podcast and myself. But Rhiannon, have you seen this New York City guidelines on sex during the COVID? Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I it haven't seen like... them. I have seen one of them it's... that was circulating. Where somebody... <laughs> read the whole document. It's the it, best it, it thing It appears that like 80% of the document is written for people that are like in the weirdest, kinkiest point zero zero two percent of the population. But doesn't the it things flat out say into, embrace kink? Oh. Like it flat out says. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Just be smart about and it. And then there's like a weird part that's like, if you're yeah. in a large group, please just make sure that there's plenty of air circulation and room. And it's like, wait a minute, large groups? What are we talking about? Dude. I mean, this is... It is the horniest thing you'll ever read in your life. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to go into way, into way of TMI, but my dad said he listened to the podcast once and, like, never again. So, like... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so now you're afraid of saying anything on here that your dad might hear. Is that what you're um, yeah, that I wouldn't want my dad to hear. So probably best not to say that. Awesome. No, it has nothing to do with kinks or like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, only other news that was remotely news this week. Uh, we do have a filming, uh, apparently a filming title for Hawkeye. It's going to be called Anchor Point. Um, I don't know why people even care about that anymore, unless you're trying to track down the production. But are they filming in New York? I don't. I have no idea. I assume Georgia. Hmm? I heard Des Moines. Des Moines? Filming in Jersey City. Oh, I wish. My guess is they'll be filming in Atlanta again, unless Georgia just caves in on itself from just the masses of disease that are slowly piling up. I mean, if it's slowly piling up, that's cool. That, I guess that's true. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing I saw this week is uh, San Diego Comic-Con is going to be online and they started making some more announcements i think about all that it's gonna be free um wow i'm just really hoping marvel studios does a panel so i can finally get my dream of getting to do a free adam's already shaking his head dashing my dreams no no chance in hell i don't think so if marvel's gonna do something they're a little live streaming on disney plus why not both if Marvel did a panel, so if they did a free panel that, like, everybody that's ever wanted to go to a Marvel panel tunes in, one, you'd have millions, tens of millions of people watching that just for the novelty. And if they had something and they could be like, and you can watch this right now on Disney+, Plus, you think it wouldn't have value to them? Oh, that's interesting. So, like, they do the panel and they're like, all right, now we've got some footage that we'd like to show you, but it's only on Disney+. Plus. That would be pretty smart. Right. Hire me, Disney. Maybe not. My job seems more secure. But say, still... Disney can't afford you, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I baked up about six minutes worth of fake news. Is there anything, uh, anything else we wanted to talk about before we jump to S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, there was good, for those of you that haven't seen it, and this is more just like a plug, the uh, the crew over at Save Daredevil did an interview. They talked Chip Zdarsky, who's writing the current run of Daredevil, which is enjoyable. Um, they talked him into interviewing Anne Nocenti, who wrote Daredevil back in the... Um, she created Typhoid Mary. Um so it's it's real fun it's like an hour long just conversation between the two of them 
uh, and very interesting. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, you should go check it out. And they talk about all kinds of things. A lot of typhoid Mary talk. And way more serious than I expected an hour of Chip. Um, Chip, Chip was very serious for the hour. There is not a writer in professional comics that has the range of Chip Zdarsky. And upsets, what do you want to say? Upsets expectations every single thing he does. Um, Daredevil's so bleeping good. It's so GD good. Holy. Yeah, I'm behind on it, but I'm still enjoying it, so. Yeah, yeah. That issue 20, uh, which no spoilers, but it just... Marco Chichita Ch- pronounce his last name Marco anyways Marco the artist mm-hmm. um, I, I wonder if he had more time on that issue because of the I mean the issue was definitely delayed a long time and I wonder if they let Marco go back and just do more art because the art in this most recent issue is amazing crazy amazing I'm trying to create news for you, Caleb. No, it's good. I What I really like about Zdarsky's run is that it's stayed... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's changed by now. It stayed relatively small. Like, I liked a lot of Charles Soule stuff, but by the time we were done, like, there was, like, the entire city was flooded by, you know, hand ninjas or aliens or whatever. Like, there was just... It just got bigger and bigger. And I kind of like a Daredevil story that's just... just Grounded. It's just him at, like, dinner parties with the mafia. And the whole thing where, like, Fisk loses it and uh, kills the, uh, the like, powerful elite, you know, like, corporate yeah. person. That was yeah. one of my favorite episodes, issues. Like, it shows that even Fisk is still scared of something. I love that. Yeah. So, like, by issue 20, it's like Fisk kills two people in bathtubs. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, if you guys are back to the show after being gone for a while, we're keeping these episodes pretty short, so you know we're talking the little news we got and then talking S.H.I.E.L.D. and we're done. Uh, how'd you guys like the episode this week? I really enjoyed Good. it. I enjoyed it until the very end where I was confused. Like, are they all on the ship? Or are they not all on the ship? Or was it just Deke and Mac freaking out the guy? Are they still going to be in the 50s? Yeah, I didn't watch the trailer for next week. I think oh, I they're in either. the 50s as well, uh, still, because I think there's oh, okay. some more Sousa stuff coming. So. Oh, good. I enjoyed the Sousa stuff. I enjoyed the Agent Carter stuff. I thought that was a really fun way to uh, build anticipation and everything. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the humor in this. Like, the whole thing where they were testing for chronicrons. I can't ever say that word. But, like, just trying to get emotional responses out of people. And it's just Clark Gregg messing with people for five minutes. Yeah. Oh, my I, gosh. Yeah. How have I not seen 43 moist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like, like, how has that not been everywhere already? The moist thing. Well, and I don't know how you guys feel, but um, I I get the sense that I like the comedic stuff and the setup stuff even more than like the action. Like some of these episodes, I'm enjoying the front half more than the back half because you know there was a fight, there's some choreography, you know, there's a ticking clock. 
But to me, that stuff isn't nearly as interesting as just watching the characters interact in a new environment and try to be clever. And I'm finding the humor and the cleverness far more interesting than, you know, Coulson fighting someone for the 8,000th time on the show. Right. So the action sequence in this one, though, I felt they added some drama to the action with May and uh, Yo-Yo, like... With them, like, breaking down? And then, like, seeing Coulson's powers? Because that's just interesting. But in the dramatic, like, the first half-type stuff, yeah, I feel... It's so good. It's just good. Um, And that's what, like, that whole comedic riff for, like, five minutes, it had purpose. Like, they explained why they were doing it. It wasn't like he was just being silly and telling dad jokes. Like, it had a point, but it was hilarious and moist. (laughs) It was, I was struck when May and Yo-Yo both had, like, malfunctioning abilities at that moment. I was like, oh, Jeff Loeb taking away superpowers from yet more of our... Imagine that! I was gonna ask, I was like, (laughs) so, they took away the powers. (laughs) So that's that's what I didn't quite understand. Was Yo-Yo's powers malfunctioning, or did she stop mid-run to help May because she saw May in her panic attack thing? Well, I mean, she talked about how her powers were, how she was having issues using her powers. So I assumed it was her powers malfunctioning, and like I fully believe she still has the power. I think it's just I don't know. Maybe they need. Maybe when they get back to the 20th century, they'll see a psychiatrist. I will say I am a little weary how long this Chronicom thing is going to last. Is it all 13 episodes they're playing catch-up? Is it going to be all season? or For me, that causes a little issue about the tension, too. Because if we're going to have 13 episodes of chasing them through time in order to get more time periods... It does make the fights feel a little anticlimactic because it's like, well, it's only episode three. They're not going to defeat the Chronicons here. And the Chronicons also are not going to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, I mean, the only way that gets interesting is if in like episode six, the Chronicons succeed and they just blow the future up again. And they take us back to that kind of idea. And that's what I thought was going to happen. um, This week, too, because I'm watching this, I'm like. Well, they're not going to activate this thing. I forgot what it's called, the Helion or Helios or something. Like, well, they're not. This is a moot point because they still have nine episodes. They have to chase them through time, you know. Um, so I would. I mean, I assume. Um, you know, I'm in the same boat as you, Caleb. I assume at some point the Chronicoms are going to win, and they're going to have to reverse it. Unless they're doing like two pods, there was a leak that's kind of, sort of accurate a little bit. It's broad enough still. Um, It's conveniently broad enough that it still's kind of true. It says there's a completely different storyline in the second half. Um, But we'll see. I mean, I don't mind the time thing. I mean, if we do two episodes in each time, like I said, man... They have to do like this huge oversized art book 
with the title cards and stuff because this like uh, War of the Worlds or The Day the Earth Stood Still type title card we got this week. It's just a thing of beauty. Um, I don't want to say it was the favorite, my favorite part of the episode, but I, I like typography. Well, and the little, like the tag at the end where they just tell the guy, we're aliens, don't tell any, you know, like, it's just, it's just fun. You know, there's like a playfulness to the season. I think that's, that's really enjoyable. Would Max say, don't tell anyone or we'll probe you or you'll get probed or something. Like, that's great. Um, yeah, I also had never considered that EMPs would take out Chronicons and when they did it, I didn't think of it taking out Coulson. Like that was just a nice little twist there that was enjoyable to, to be like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. Now that, well, there's our storyline. They have to rebuild Coulson now. I am worried they're going to get evil Coulson again. Was that what they were hinting at at the back with his eye flickering? Please no. No, I thought that just meant he like shut down or something because it went gray. I thought. Near the end, his eye, though, starts, like, flittering, right? Yeah, I thought that was just to let us know he wasn't dead. We'll see, or it's going to create the thing where he's gone, and even though nobody really wanted him in the first place, now they're going to be torn, and they're going to say, oh, we need him back. Oh, my God, not another Coulson funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Three episodes without Fitz. I know. Yeah, that was my next thing. Where the heck is Leopold Fitz? I mean, we know Ian's in this season. Like, we know there is Fitz at some point. I need Fitz. And now we have an episode without Enoch. Like, I really expected Enoch just to, like, meet them when they landed, as I said last week. Right. Right. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's fun because Enoch can pop up at any moment to help them. But uh, just, it's weird when you have such a good cast that people enjoy. You know, people coming in and out so much is kind of odd, but. Do you think this is building up to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own little endgame moment? Oh, like where they all come together or whatever? Right, with Fitz and with Deathlock. Because what, the closest thing we have now is that episode 100, right? When Deathlock shows up to help Coulson with the... I don't even remember what it was. Was it the Dark Dimension or the Dark Force or what? what's... I forgot what the hell that was about. Yeah, something like that. Like, Coulson was doubting himself, and so he had to see Deathlock to see he did okay by him or whatever. Right. I do... I could see them also doing a thing where they flash to Fitz, and they're like, what have you been doing? And then you see, like, junctures throughout every episode where we haven't seen him, that he's actually been, like, behind the scenes, like, helping stuff happen, you know? Like, he's the guy that drove away Malik or... You know, when they were searching for him in the speakeasy, he's the guy on the radio calling calling him off or whatever. Like, that seems like the kind of thing that S.H.I.E.L.D. would totally do. Yeah. I mean, it will, it's the first time we see him is probably just going to be an all-fits episode, too. So you probably just wrote the episode right there. That's a really good idea. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, now that I remember, is um, Deke is having some character development. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that just because he's not just the butt of a joke. Are you guys enjoying Deke 2.0 or 3.0 this season? I liked Lemon Deke. I liked Zima, Zima Deke. Deke. I hope he like Yeah, Lemon Yeah, Deke. is he like going to come up with Zima or something? I just want that. <gasps> Deke convinced Zima. Um, I, I mean, right now we're at a place with Deke where I don't know who Deke is. Like... 
he's changing and he wants to change and that's cool but I, I was watching and I was like okay so are you just whoever the writer needs you to be right now or what kind of growth is there um, so I will see I will give Deke a chance well he had a good line this episode that was just like something that he didn't know what it was like a communist was it communist no, I think it was, and some other guy from something called the Pentagon. Oh, the Pentagon! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pentagon. Pentagon. Yeah, it was just like a nice little callback to Deke doesn't really know everything. The only other thing I thought on this episode, like just totally random small thing, when they're in the diner, um, you know, they kind of allude to like people looking a little crossways at like Mac and Yo-Yo being together at a table. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is kind of weird that they would choose in this time frame to go to the diner with interracial couples. Oh wait, that's because S.H.I.E.L.D. is so representative, there's not any other option, you know? Like, unless right. they just send um, Coulson and, and Simmons together, like, that's the cool thing about this show, is they don't have any other options in these time frames but to right. be out in multiracial groups, because... That's what the show is, and that's kind of fun, you know? All right, uh, let's do a little bit of mailbag. Uh, we had some tweets that we haven't got to in the last few weeks, so I thought I'd read those quickly. Uh, Andre Yager listened to us on June 2nd, and he said, listen to the podcast. I think you got the time travel explanation from Deke wrong. I'm sure we did, because we get confused by time travel. Uh, he, was, <laughs> and he just said you make a small change and the timeline will course correct uh, if you make a large change it changes the future that's why Max said ripples not waves yeah I think I think we're there um, it was really helpful there. to the Chronicon lady today that like um, that little thing she had you know like she had a representation of the time stream I thought was kind of cool to like support that uh, okay yeah, she has like a little handheld device that she like pulls apart and there's like these blue lines. I think that's supposed to be a representation of the timeline. I also, I like the rules in this universe. Like, I feel like I'm understanding them. You know, like they get these little portals, they don't know when they're going to open, and they get their ripples and waves. Like, I I hate the time travel, but this time travel I'm okay with right now. Except, you know, I have all kinds of what ifs, like can't they go a completely different direction and try to go find the like alien hydra head that Gemma dated on the space planet oh hive space yeah space planet like can't they go find hive and just like try to kill him and you know put well i guess if there's no hydra there's yeah he complicates things well along those lines um i thought it was interesting the idea of we need to kill malik I don't understand why they had to kill Malik within a 48-hour time span. Like, why don't they just jump to 10 minutes in the future and kill Malik then? I just, that seemed odd to me. But they don't have control of when they're jumping to. The, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents don't. Do the Chronicons have no control of their jumps? I'm assuming no one does. And S.H.I.E.L.D.'s just writing the coattails of the Chronicons. But the Chronicons just sort of know where they're going. Like, they have a map, but S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't. It was very convenient for them to listen to the radio, and within 30 seconds, the year was read out on the radio. I, I love yeah. that. Welcome to 1955. <laughs> I was like, geez, okay. Very we really convenient. are enjoying the show, guys. It's just, 
you know, sometimes the little things need to be noticed. <laughs> and that's the first thing I noticed too when they're like falling out of the air. I'm like, how are they going to know what time? And I'm like, like, will the ship know what time it is? Will their tech? How how will they know? And then they answer that real quick. Uh, Overthinking Media had asked us a, a week or two ago about. Um, so a little more serious note, there's been a lot of talk about the Punisher logo and um, there's a, um, well, there's a variety of things. There's been talk about how the Punisher logo has been used on like uh, police and military patches and then whether Marvel should try to shut that down or not. Uh, the question here was, there's he suggests there's kind of a growing movement that thinks... Um, that Punisher should sort of be canceled and they should stop making Punisher comments, comics because it enforces a toxic culture around brutality and dehumanizing street-level criminals in a hyper-violent way. He asked us what we thought about it. I responded on Twitter just like all three of us had some concerns about Punisher when it came out and how it made us feel kind of uncomfortable. I figured I'd give you a moment to say anything else if you had any other thoughts on all that stuff. Um, considering season two ends with Frank, uh, shooting a group of minority children. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, the, uh, cops and military. I don't think, but the thing is, Frank's not a cop, right? I, I don't think they need to, um, stop making Punisher comics. It's just completely insane and asinine that, um cops glorify that like why in the hell would they want to be associated with a dude killing everyone it's it's just completely bonkers i've told you guys this before if i write something that disney doesn't like i get an email within minutes um and disney wouldn't let that father put spider-man on his kid's grave and they charged that school or whatever for showing movies um, so from a corporate standpoint, it makes no sense whatsoever that they aren't sending out season desists left and right. Um, especially when cops are like putting decals on the hood and stuff. Um, I mean, it's not like it's, uh, a rare occasion. We, we see this shit all the time and it's just weird. Disney's not doing anything to combat it at yeah, all. Along those lines, I can't get staples to print a birthday invitation for my daughter that has the Avengers right. logo on it because yeah. Disney is like tracked yeah. down staples. Be like, if you print anything with any of our copyrights, we will put right. you out of business. So like, yeah, Disney's pretty, uh, pretty vigilant on stuff. It seems weird that they don't care about making paramilitary patches to put on uniforms. It's, I mean, but that's the thing. It's, it, I don't think they need to stop Punisher comics. Right. I mean, I, if you stop Punisher, that means you, I mean, what, stop John Wick or James Bond? Now I sound like some Second Amendment gun nut. You take away this gun, where are you going to stop? Are you going to take away my tank? And are you going to take away my bunker and my bazooka? Like, where's it stop with you people? What they should do is they should take the comics and they should make Punisher black. <laughs> They kind of have in the weirdest, grossest comic ever. Yeah, search. It's a gross, it's a very gross comic book. But yeah, I mean. 
Yeah, I think somebody on Twitter said it, my feelings very well. If you're looking for a Marvel character to look up to and you're in law enforcement, there's one. His name is Captain America. That is the individual who you should try to be like. And the comics are very clear who Cap is and who Punisher is and even how they interact with one another. And Cap is the law enforcement type guy. And he's the one you should try to be like. You know, like, I I think the comics have been pretty clear that Punisher is an outlaw who should not be looked up to, you know, like... Uh, Rosenberg's Punisher comic, you know, explicitly writes that. Yeah. Yeah. So, shout out to Matt. I hope Matt's doing well. Yeah. And one of the Punisher uh, writers, one of the comics, one of the authors from the comics, put out a statement this week and stuff. And I saw it getting some press in the non-normal circles. Jerry Conway, co-creator of Frank Castle, the Punisher. Was it him? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's trying to do something where he's inviting uh, uh, people of color to do Punisher comics or something. Which doesn't make sense if it's not sanctioned by Disney, because they'll shut that down real quick. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, he's trying to organize something like that. Yeah, Jerry Conway um, is that, and he's been against the whole cop logo forever. It's just I don't know if it, they're, these dudes are trying to be macho or something, but uh, I don't know why <laughs> you want to compare yourself to a dude who's known for killing anyone in his path. Um, other uh, comments, Michael T. Ford, uh, agreed with me that he didn't want to see the X-Men continuity coming into MCU continuity. Blah, 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 blah. Yay. (laughs) Um, but he had lots of, uh, uh, other comments and we talked a little bit uh, with him online about WandaVision and, uh, rumors around who Catherine Hahn's going to play and all that stuff. He had one really good, uh, question though. How about the, uh, Sony stuff? And I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, where would we, how long, or what? what's the quality threshold that they would need to uh, hit to continue making Sony movies? I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's what his question was. Yeah, and I remember thinking, oh, I, I really hope it's better than Venom. That's what I thought. Right. <laughs> and then that got me thought, I don't think Venom would be at the bottom of my MCU rankings either. But that's all. That's that's probably a topic we can get into in depth later. I think it would probably be like third or fourth to the last. Yeah, and no, I think I like every MCU movie better than Venom. No, uh, that you know that's about forty-five minutes. That's an episode. You guys had anything else you'd like to say before we go? Wear a mask. The uh, drove by the buffet again today. Packed parking lot was full wear the mask on the right half of your face wear wear it over the nose and mouth not over the nose and eyes oh geez the amount of people i see who just like walk up to you and it's like hanging down on their upper lip and their nose or around their neck come on people dude what the hell are you doing i get it masks are uncomfortable like send me your mask suggestions like if you have found a mask that's super comfortable and you're somebody that like i don't know there's people out that that just don't sweat so this isn't a big deal for them, but like, if you've found a mask that is super duper comfortable to keep over your nose and mouth, let me know. So here's what my tip. My wife made mine a little too big, so I can't really hang it on my ears, but she made me a little crocheted strip, you know, with two uh-huh. buttons on it. 
And so you put the two, um, you put one of the mask like ear elastics mm-hmm. around the button, and then you wrap it around your head, and you put the other elastic around the other button, so it's hanging off that elastic instead of hanging off your ears. Like all the difference in the world. But then that's it hangs off your face. Long, I mean, no how is that different? No, no, it's it, it's it's nice and tight. So like. Uh, the like the elastic's a little too big for my ears, but not much, you know, like an inch or whatever. And then it just stretches out and goes on to, like I said, it's just like a little three or four inch. Because my cr- issue is more stuff. like it, like when I breathe in, mask comes in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, like, granted, I lungs. haven't gotten like a good mask. I've just gotten like some cheap ones. I've tried to make one. It was covered in dog hair. I stepped in a store and I put it on and I didn't realize it was covered in dog hair. So then, of course, like it was all like coming in my mouth and I was in the store trying not to have a coughing fit because nothing is worse right now than having a coughing fit when you're out in public. And uh, yeah. But anyways, mask woes. Um, last week when I went to vote, um, deploy location in, in my village is the school, which hasn't been in use for several years. So obviously it's not air conditioned. So I show up with my mask and it happens. It's hotter than hell. It's 95 degrees outside. And it happens to be the hottest uh, day of the year. And I walk in with a mask and not a single damn person in there was wearing them. And oh, yeah. Marge checking me in. She's like 90. She's like, wearing a mask, huh? And by then my glasses are fogged up. So I'm looking out the bottom of my glasses at this. This elderly lady that's criticizing me for wearing a mask, I almost ripped that thing off and but I did it. Yeah, meanwhile it's like 90 degrees in New York and if you step out on the street without one, somebody's going to kick your ass. So... It's nuts. I'm like, I'm wearing this to protect you, ma'am. You're going to chastise me for wearing this and it's so hot and gross and... Adam, we got to move you out here, man. Like, out the East Coast, you just you meet your sensibilities so much better. Dude, we have deep fried food. Yeah, so thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see you guys later.